This is Heads Up, where we explore the challenges, opportunities, and trends inside today's highest performing supply chain operations. Now to our host, CEO of Mountain Leverage, Alex Renneman. Joining me today is Scott Freimeyer, Senior Vice President of Marketing with Unilog. Scott, thanks for coming on to the program. Absolutely, Alex. Good to be here. Thank you. Hey, let's start right off with who is Unilog? What do they do? Uh, give, give us an ups, uh, some insight on what you guys do in the market. Sure. So Unilog is a provider of e-commerce solutions to mid-market B2B companies. Um, so think of your wholesale distributor of either electrical, HVAC, plumbing equipment, hard goods distributor, uh, manufacturers in that space. And when I say e-commerce solutions, so we will build an e-commerce site for our customers. We'll give them the management platform to, to have the ongoing management support of that e-commerce site. Uh, we also do a lot around product data content. So when you think of our typical customer, uh, they may have tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands, even millions of SKUs that they sell. Um, so we can actually go in on their catalog and help enrich that product information, you know, provide robust descriptions, all the manufacturer part numbers, the uh, images, multiple product images, uh, specs, attributes, brochures, whatever may come along with that content. Yeah, it makes sense. So, so let, let's go up a bit just for a minute, because lots of folks that are listening right now or watching, uh, they get it. They e-commerce platform, they've got one, they, they, they want to see or listen, hear some of these things we're going to go into in terms of details. But for those that maybe don't remember e-commerce, you know, as a buzzword, oh, e-commerce and, and many other buzzwords today, but, but there's some legit stuff here. Can you, can you help us just understand from a high level, what is, uh, you know, what is an e-commerce platform and, and how does it really impact the business today? Sure. So, yeah, I think when we think e-commerce or digital commerce, we think of selling things online. And obviously, that's a huge component of it, especially for our customers in the B2B space. Uh, but you also have the convenience factor, right? So your customers, your buyers being able to go online and see what are my open orders, my invoices, uh, past purchase history, all those types of account things that they need access to as well. So it's, it's a combination of sales and the customer convenience. And then just being able to see your catalog and search your catalog and understand what solutions you may have for them. Um, so we typically serve in, in the mid-market space. Um, Again, uh, distributors, wholesalers, manufacturers that might be somewhere between 20 million to up to a billion in revenue. And um, on, the, on the retail side, we do have customers who are kind of specialty hard good retailers. So think of your local um, hardware store, lumber yard, paint store, right? And, and these are people from, from a business impact perspective. Uh, there is a tremendous amount of competition out there right now from the big nationals. So if you're a distributor, you know Granger you know, fast and all um, the, the nationals, the big boxes that are putting a lot of pressure on you, as well as for the especially hard good retailers, you have Home Depot, you have Lowe's and, and in both camps, you have Amazon business and other, you know, the rise of these different business marketplaces uh, that are putting a tremendous amount of pressure on the sort of independent uh, distributor, hard good retailer. So, you know, our mission has been to, to help them elevate their business and compete on a sort of level playing field with companies that tend to have a lot deeper pockets and, and very sophisticated staff. Um, but so from an e-commerce perspective, anything we can do to help drive their, their sales up and drive their cost per transaction down, that's, that's the name of the game. Well, and that just answered one of my questions of why would somebody look to increase their e-commerce presence? But let's talk about 2020, man. I mean, COVID comes in. I don't care what market you're in. You're impacted. Your business has changed. Challenges, new challenges, new opportunities, all that that comes in. So 
what impact have you seen the, that the pandemic has put on onto these markets uh, you know, in the mid market or, or wherever else? Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, <laughs> so many impacts. And I guess some of it depends on the, the industry that you're in as a business. Right. So certainly if you're a distributor wholesaler who supplies the um, restaurant supply or gas and oil industry. Okay. That, some of those are falling flat on their face and, and yeah. that's, you know, but on the flip side of that, you have people who are in Jan janitorial sanitary mm -hmm. supply. Uh, if you're a safety distributor of PPE, wow, man, you were in the right space at the right time. Um, so yeah, we've seen 2020. It's crazy. Uh, some, some have struggled depending on the market they're in. A lot of them, uh, are doing fantastic. Uh, we have customers that have in the period of one or two months at the height of the pandemic earlier in you know, April, May, um, we're doing as much e-commerce sales in those one or two months as they did the previous year. So I, I think coming at it another way, the biggest impact I've seen with our customers is the, the, the buying preference on behalf of, of their customers has absolutely altered. And we've been saying this for years, right? You have to go through a digital transformation. Buying preferences are changing. People are moving online, but man, has it accelerated in the past six months or so uh, where you just, you, your buyers now, there's an expectation. You, you better have this quality experience when I go online with your business uh, because that's now my preferred method of, of purchasing from you. Yeah, it's a really good point. I mean, this trend has been coming, it's been happening, it's been growing, but boy, it was juiced uh, this year. It was yeah. juiced. Um, and so, so really, and I'm sure depending on the different markets, as you mentioned, the percentage of overall sales versus e-commerce sales and things probably varies by those industries. But what strategies are you seeing in your customer base that folks are using to increase their e-commerce sales? Sure. Uh, so, and, and when we talk about sales, I'd even say, yeah, a lot of people even wonder what where is the benchmark? What should I be? You know, what's my e-commerce sales be as a percent of my overall revenue? Mm -hmm. um, if you look at the B2B market today, you're probably talking about just shy of $6 trillion. Uh, and, and maybe two years ago, about 12% of that was coming via e-commerce across the market. This year, 2020, you're probably looking at close to 17% of that coming in via e-commerce sales. So there's definitely been a growth there. And, and, and so what are the ones that are doing a good job doing? I, the distributors I speak with, the ones that are really doing well, they tend to focus on three areas. The, the, the sort of magic formula for your e-commerce revenue is something, it's very simple, really. It's, it's the, and, and by the way, when I say e-commerce revenue, I'm talking about revenue that flows just through your e-commerce website. I'm not talking about EDI. I'm not talking about what you might be doing on a marketplace uh, you know, with a third party, but just through your e-commerce website, it's the number of web sessions that you have on a monthly basis times your conversion rate, you know, how often they, they go to convert on a purchase, times your average order value, AOV. That, those three variables, when you multiply them together, that generates what your e-commerce sales is. So the, the really smart um, companies in the B2B space and others, when they can focus on one of those three levers and say, okay, let's see what we can do to drive higher web traffic. Okay, well, that starts with the quality of content you have on your site about the products you sell. And it's a part of the, uh, the equation that people often overlook. They think I'm launching a new e-commerce site. I wanna have all these great bells and whistles and features and functions on my site, but don't forget the quality of the product content on that product detail page, because that's what attracts search engines. So if you have really robust descriptions and specs and attributes and brochures and product information that people want to consume, uh, you know, search engines want to consume that too, right? They, they, when they see really robust product detail pages, that drives more search traffic to your site. So a focus on that is, is something I've seen people do. And then what do you do about conversion rate? So how do I, I, I increase my conversion rate? 
Um, well, uh, some of the things I've seen, uh, one distributor, I thought this was genius. They always want to show real-time price. Most of them want to show real-time pricing and availability on their site for their items, um, especially if they have customer-specific pricing. They want that that has to be shown. But if they're out of stock of something, it, it, it never looks good when it says out of stock on your site. Uh, a lot of times people see that and say, I'm going to go bounce to a competitor and see if they can get it for me. But if you instead replace that out of stock message with a button that says click to chat about availability, and now you, you, as a buyer, you say, okay, well, let me see if they have it in stock or not. You click the chat, you get in a live chat with the sales rep and the sales rep says, yes, yeah, okay, well, it's out of stock, but we can get it in this week or maybe it's two or three weeks, but you can at least tell them the expectation on the lead time. And maybe you do a better job of converting that sales. Um, things like uh, having uh, search term synonyms set up on your site. So when you think about converting to buyers on your site. Sometimes they may be doing a site search on your actual e-commerce site and they don't find what they're looking for. It's because they call it something else than what you call it in, in your system, that product. Um, as an example, what's, I, I call something a weed whacker when I'm out doing the, my lawn maintenance, right? Other people call it a weed eater. Some people call yeah. it a, a string cutter, I guess, yeah. right? So uh, what, if you can set up the right synonyms in your site search, so you capture that traffic on your site, and you don't turn somebody away because they just there's industry jargon. They call something a little bit different than what you call it. Uh, that's that's a, another thing that people have done a really good job of to help increase sales on their site. Uh, so just just a few things I've seen. Yeah, that makes it. There's some good stuff there. I, and I think you know. So so we've talked about what is e-commerce and what are these e-commerce platforms? Why are they important? So if somebody's buying and say, okay, okay, and, and how to grow them. Um, you know, you mentioned some of the, the metric, you know, AOV, conversion rate, these things. What are some of those KPIs or outcomes or, or things that people should really, if, if, if an organization is, is listening right now and they're thinking, how can we do this? Or what, what, what would be our markers? What's our signposts for success? Right. What are some of those things that you might, a handful of those that you might say, here's what you really need to, to follow? Yeah, you mentioned AOV, average order value. You know, it's amazing. That is one of the, the metrics that I've seen across our customer base and others that everybody talks about as being a lot higher when you're selling via your digital branch or your e-commerce site. Sometimes I call it a digital branch because that's really what it is. It's just an extension sure. of your business, digital extension. Um, I, in fact, I did a panel discussion about a week ago with a number of our customers, and we were talking about this. And when I brought up AOV, everybody just very happily nodded their head yes. Like, it's not uncommon to see your average order value on your digital sales to be anywhere from 40 to 90% higher than your traditional offline sales. Say, wow, 49, and I've seen it north of 100% higher. Um, and, and I believe the reason is because a lot of these e-commerce sites do such a good job of always recommending upsell items, go together items, uh, different upsell opportunities. You know, people who buy this also buy this. People like you also buy this. Um, and when you have that entire catalog in front of you, you know, sales reps do a good job of that too, but they don't always think to recommend everything that goes with a, a certain part or an assembly or what, what, what it, whatever it may be. So um, average order value, uh, I, I would say you can expect north of, of 40, 50% higher in your e-commerce sales. That's a big metric. Yeah, that's huge. So, so what, what challenges do you see? So if somebody's hearing all this, it makes sense. They really want to go uh, from, from traditional fulfillment to e-com operations specifically in, in regard to getting product out the door, what are, what are the challenges these folks are up against? Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the first challenges I think is making sure your sales team's on board as, as a B2B company. Um, you have your inside, your outside sales team. And too often in the past, and this is changing now, but I, I've seen if, if there's any arm of the business that's somewhat reluctant 
to push the e-commerce site, it's on the sales side because they feel they developed the relationship with their, with their customer. They, they value that relationship. They, I know my customer. I want to be talking to them face-to-face. Um, the reality is an e-commerce site can actually give your sales team much better insight into your customer's needs than just a conversation at time. Uh, because the site through analytics, through observations on the site, you can see what are your customers searching for uh, that they might not have told you that they needed, right? What's their behavior when they come on your site? If you can use your analytics package to to record their sessions and see where they're clicking around, uh, you get much better insight sometimes into the solutions that they need from you. Um, And you have a great tool in front of you to present that to your customers, say, here are the things that we can do for your business. But but getting your sales team on board from from the beginning uh, is... I, th- I think a very important challenge to overcome. Yeah, that's important. I mean, you, you really can can see that as being a, a, a nice additional layer, additional analytics, additional insight into that customer. So it can really uh, support some of those uh, some of that, that one-on-one sales sales work. That's you know, there's there a there's a great book, and I uh, uh, it's called Everybody Lies. I believe that's the name of the book. And I apologize, yeah, yeah. I forget the author. Have you, have you yeah, read this I one? Have, I, yes. Yeah, and it's very very interesting, right? And and the premise great. being that uh, we, we lie to each other all the time, <laughs> not not in a malicious way or a mortal sin kind of way, but yeah, hey, we, we we lie to our friends, we our coworkers, don't lie to the our spouses. <laughs> but we don't lie to the search engine. You're right. right. We don't lie to the search engine. So when you can capture that and see what your customers are searching on, your buyers are searching on, they might not tell you that they need that, but um, it gives you a lot of good insight. Yeah, that's right. No, it's fantastic. And so um, one of the things you, you mentioned about the, the sales team, you know, not, not making sure that if, if the sales team isn't on board, that's a miss. What other things might a, an organization or that you've seen in your experience miss or maybe underestimate when considering taking on an e-commerce platform? Yeah, good question. Um, I think a lot of them underestimate who their competition really is online. And I say that because if I'm a wholesale distributor, I think, okay, here's my regional or local competition. Uh, This is their e-commerce site. That's who my customer may go to as an alternative to me. That, yes, that's your competition. That's not your only competition. Believe it or not, your competition is, of course, Amazon business. It's also Netflix, Google, (laughs) Apple all these great digital companies that have set the expectation, the bar is way up here. Um, and it's, and, and maybe they don't sell what you sell. They don't have the solution, but, but they're setting the expectation for what a great digital experience and, and digital engagement looks like. How many times, Alex, have you gone to a site and you're like, you just, ah, this site's terrible. It's so slow. It's not organized. Well, I can't get to what I need. It's not personalized to me. Um, and so, so just beware your, your buyer, your competition is not just your traditional competition. It's all these great digital companies around that are providing really nice online experiences. And, and that's, and that's the bar you point. have to meet. That, that's such a great moment because that experience is what matters. Right. And so, um, if I experience, even if I'm doing something completely different, boy, uh, it really sticks out. That's, that's a really great point. What, what are, so when folks are, are looking at this, when you see your, your, the folks you're working with, what are the, the biggest concerns that, that a prospect might be seeing or things are worried about coming in that maybe you can kind of let help them see around a corner here. Uh, hey, don't, don't fear this because, or what, what, what kind of concerns do people have when they're coming to this, this decision of, okay, maybe we need an e-commerce platform. Um, I, I think some of the things that concern them when they're looking at an e-commerce platform, I'm not sure if this is, you know, the answer you're looking for, but it is a lot of them gauge, they want to gauge the success based solely solely on how much incremental sales I'm going to get from this. That's the only way I can justify the investment in this digital channel. And I think that's a mistake. Uh, Sales is a big part of it. And that might be part of your strategy, right? My strategy might be, I want to go out and expand my my geographic 
market. I, I want to ex ex expand my market share into these territories, these regions, uh, you know, take comp take revenue away from my competitors. But a, a lot of them, there is an important, and I hate to call it a defensive posture because that doesn't sound like you're being aggressive, but it's important to defend your territory and your customers and to maintain their loyalty. And sometimes that's not by increasing sales. It's just by providing them tremendous convenience online. Too, too many people think of sales as the number one benchmark. I think of it as the number one people, reason people buy from you online is for convenience. And if you can't provide that convenience, they are not going to be loyal to you. So while you might be thinking about, I would need to grow my sales by this much, uh, on the back end, you might not even realize the number of customers you're leaving you out the back door for your competitors because you don't provide a convenient um, interaction or commerce experience online. So I, I think that's, uh, that's certainly one of the things that, that um, I think while people worry about the sales, focus on, on the, the experience you're providing experience. for your customers. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, so, so looking at, you know, kind of at, at the animal that, that it is, but, but where is it going? So when we look at what, how are you advising existing customers on the changes that are coming? I mean, nobody saw COVID coming necessarily right. in, in its form, right? But it's here and it's brought change. Um, what, what else do we see? What's next? What's happening? And how are you advising folks from an e-com perspective? What, what should they be preparing for? Sure. So if you listen to the, the pundits in the industry, there's a lot of talk about marketplaces. So what, what is the role of a marketplace going forward versus your e-commerce site? And I, I've heard some people say, oh, e-commerce sites won't even be a thing in a few years. Everybody's going to be buying on marketplaces only. I don't think so. Uh, I, I think it is another channel. A marketplace is another channel by which you will interact with, with your customers. Uh, it's not the only channel, just like e-commerce is not replacing traditional in-person sales. Uh, phone sales or anything like that, right? That still exists. God, there's still fax orders that come through, I'm totally. pretty sure, in our industry, surprising yeah. enough. Um, but so from a marketplace perspective, what I'd say is you do need a strategy. Um, you need to figure out, are you going to be trying to sell some of your items on a marketplace like an Amazon business or, or other marketplace? Uh, are you going to be selling on a more industry-specific marketplace? I, I do caution distributors to think long and hard about selling on Amazon business. Uh, and, and listen, I love Amazon. What they, some of the things they do are absolutely amazing. And they've certainly, again, set that bar for customer expectation. Indeed. But from a distributor standpoint, we've seen the, the threat and the danger, which is we have a lot of distributors who went for short-term games and jumped on there and tried to sell items and, and were successful, but they've turned over all of the knowledge of their customers, buying preferences, price sensitivity, inventory, everything that's turned over to Amazon at this point, who does a great job at analyzing that information, that data lake of information that they can pull from now and say, okay, what are the fastest moving items? Where do I have the chance to undercut on margin? What's the, what's the price sensitivity there? So Amazon uh, commercial, you know, came out a white, white labeled brand of facial tissue, toilet paper, paper towels, things that the, after, after seeing what moved quickly in these marketplaces, now they can undercut the very distributors who are selling on these marketplaces by white labeling their own products, promoting them on the site, which I know they've done. <laughs> and then they might say they don't do it, but they, they, they will boost them over other results. Um, and now they're making a killing on that and cutting out the very people that help build the marketplace um, to begin with. So be very careful about Amazon, but, but definitely have a strategy for, am I going to be partake in a marketplace or do I, wanna, do I want to potentially um, bring other comp businesses and have them sell on my site as if it's coming from me, but it just increases the sort of endless aisle of assortment that I have. Um, that's, that's another potential strategy, sort of a, a reverse marketplace. 
Yeah, I, I like that. And I, I'll tell you, I've heard some real horror stories from the, the Amazon scenario you just painted. And one of the things I think for folks that are concerned about that, it does seem at least one of those trends that COVID has created is people being open to new brands, right? So you have a chance mm-hmm. potentially uh, on your own without jumping into the Amazon marketplace to to get some interest. Uh, maybe yeah. if that experience is there, right? So this this is all good. Hey, I love to ask, I want to have folks like yourself on, uh, you already mentioned Everybody Lies. And by the way, I really quickly <laughs> pulled that up. Um, it is, I don't know if I can pronounce the name right, Seth Stevens, David Owitz. David Owitz, David okay. Owitz, something okay. like that. But anyway, uh, neat read. I agree with you. Um, but but I, I love to ask, what's a book, a podcast, any kind of knowledge Ooh. source that you found extremely valuable through your life and, and might be successful either to exactly to the conversation we're having or just in general? So I guess, well, my mind went to the one I'm reading right now, which I'm not finished with, but it's a great read. It's the, uh, the, the Bob Iger, former CEO of Disney, oh. uh, Ride Up a Lifetime. Yeah. Uh, which is sort of a leadership book, but not written like one. It feels more like a story. It's re- really, especially if you like Disney at all, like I do. Uh, it's, it's a highly engaging read. Uh, but but something that influenced me. Um, I'm sorry, I'm looking over here at my, my bookshelf, and, and there is one here. Okay, here here we go. Uh, I will recommend because I'm in marketing. So one that's that's helped me in my career. She's going to get a, a good plug here. Uh, Everybody writes by Anne Handley. Okay. If you've never read this, uh, for any marketer or anybody who finds themselves in a position, salesperson to, uh, where you have to do writing, whether it's for a blog post or uh, some kind of paper, email, uh, especially for marketers, it is just chock full of, of really good information about um, writing style, effective communication, proper grammar. But but it, it's you know little chunk chapters here that you can just kind of cross reference for whatever you need. I, yeah, I think it's a fantastic resource. Oh, that's great. That's that's one I didn't have on my list. Um, so Scott, I, I appreciate all that you brought to us. I mean, there's a lot of good data. Anyone who's considering an e-com platform, this is this is going to be good stuff for them. I'm I'm certain of that. In in the year that it is, 2020, COVID. I mean, at time of recording, we're we have we're recording this after the election, but we still don't know who his president is. I mean, <laughs> this is one of those years. Um, but I, I would ask. I always love to ask. What's something for which you're grateful or hopeful? What's some bring us bring us some light and some joy into this as we as we close this thing? Yeah, out. yeah. I, I, by the way, I was on the the school of thought that on Halloween night when it was Halloween, we had a full moon and the clock set back an hour that everything was going to kind of reset to its normal state, so, um, yeah, good, which it hasn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm so, so what am I doubled over? <laughs> you know, what am I hopeful for? What am I grateful for? You know, I, well, first I you know thankfully uh, immediate friends, family, we've all been healthy as far as we know. Um, and, and so I'm certainly grateful for that. I, I am hopeful that we just get back to the the time. Listen, there, there's, God, you're going to make me say that phrase, the new normal. I, I was going to try to avoid that in this call, but um, you know, there, there is a new normal there. there there's, we're, we're going to get some things back, other things, it's going to be a little bit different um, and we, and we have to adjust to it. I'm really hopeful that we can get back to the point where I can go. I'm from Philadelphia area. I, I, I'd love to go back to an Eagles or Phillies game in a packed stadium of like 45 to 80,000 people or something and just cheer and be around big groups of people and not looking at them suspiciously like, Ooh, do they have COVID? Do I need to be worried about them? <laughs> um, so that's, that's what I'm hopeful for that. And, and I think we will get back there. It's, it's going to take a little time, but uh, it's coming. It'll take a bit. Well, I appreciate it. I'm also hopeful for that as well. Not an Eagles fan, but, um, <laughs> but I, I don't hate the Eagles. So we're okay there. But, but yeah, those, uh, th- those human interactions are important, man. And this stuff's good. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, we wouldn't, we aren't, we aren't in the same region. So be able to talk like this is fantastic, but 
boy, getting together is, uh, you can't beat that, that belly yeah. to belly stuff. So anyway, man, I appreciate it. Thank you all. I, I really appreciate. Um, so, so folks, you know, obviously if they're interested, you know, we'll have your information, you know, Unilog's a, a great partner in that regard. And, uh, I just, good luck on everything you do. And thanks again for all the information you brought to us on the program. Uh, it's been fun. Thanks for having me, Alex. Thanks God. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Heads Up, a Mountain Leverage production with your host, Alex Renneman. Be sure to subscribe to catch future episodes as we dive into all things logistics and optimization.